the Dakota Rustler Show, aiming to keep America, its citizens, and minds free. Now, here's your host, Daryl Root. Thank you, Arabelle, for that introduction. And let's just get right into the program today. I have a lot to cover. To me, there are four types of government. Yeah, I know, there are plenty more. But for this podcast, I'm sticking with four. First, capitalism. This is where every business, organization, individual, and other entity is free to trade, sell, buy, barter, whatever they want, how much they want, to who they want, and for whatever price they want. As long as there is no fraud and each entity is a willing partner. This is what America used to be for about 200 years until the control addicts came around. And the control addicts are the politicians. At the other end of the spectrum, you have socialism. This is where every business, organization, individual, or other entity is basically owned by the state and told how much they can trade, buy, and sell to whoever the government dictates they can and only to them. A dictator would be a good example of this. One step below that is what I call interventionism. This is where businesses, organizations, and other entities are still owned by individuals, But the state creates so many rules and regulations that hinder capitalism that we we become all but a socialist state. Lastly, the fourth type of government is what I call coercionism. It may have been coined by somebody else. I don't know. If not, I'm coining it now. This is where you have a capitalist society, but the government shames you, degrades you, uses IRS tax codes, and other taxes and fees to persuade you to live the social lifestyle that the overlords think you should live. Most of America probably, at least in my opinion, fit into the interventionism or coercionism categories. Schools are mostly interventionism, run by government, with few viable alternatives. Yes, you have charter schools and some home schools, But for the most part, it's all government schools. And let's call them what they are. They're not public schools, but government schools run by the government. Private schools, on the other hand, should actually be called public schools. Anyone can go there if they pony up the money, just like going to buy groceries or clothes for that matter. The Green Movement is an example of coercionism. Tax credits, global warming trying to make you feel guilty for using fossil fuels, are all designed to coerce you into a different behavior, to do what they desire. Their will be done. Screw what you want. Coercionism is like a drug addiction, and virtually every politician is hooked. They always come out with comments like, if we pass this next food program, no one will ever go hungry again. If we just pass these two new gun laws, senseless killings will stop. How about this one? If we pass this agricultural program, farmers will always be able to survive. Doesn't that sound like a drug addict to you? It does to me. 
one more hit, one more snort, one more injection, and I'll never do it again. I promise everything will be good. Politicians are nothing but economic and control versions of drug addicts. It's ridiculous. How did we get to this point? Let's go through the federal government's department history. In 1789, the country started out with the State Department, the Treasury Department, and the War Department, which eventually became the Army Department before becoming the Defense Department in 1947. In 1792, the Post Office Department came into being. In 1798, the Navy Department was created, and that eventually became part of the Defense Department the same year the Army Department did. That was 1947. These departments were pretty much essential in founding our country, defending our country, and ensuring communications throughout the country. They helped ensure our initial independence. It wasn't until 51 years later the longest stretch in U.S. history, that another department would come into existence, the Interior Department in 1849. The Agricultural Department came 13 years after that, the Justice Department eight years after that, then we had another little bit of a dry spell, 33 years after that, in 1903, came the Commerce Department. At this point, the country was still in pretty good condition. We were still a free capitalist society where businesses, organizations, individuals could still buy, sell, trade whatever they want to whoever they want and do it for an agreed-upon price with little, eh, little to no interference. But then came the first step of the socialist train. In 19... 1913, the Labor Department came into existence, signed by Howard Taft on the last day of his presidency. How convenient, huh? Yeah, he left us a present. Thanks. Workmen's compensation had its start here. While that may have been a good measure to help ensure worker safety, the Labor Department has been interfering in how companies and business owners have been operating ever since. And every rule or regulation they come out with either fits in the coercion or the interventionism category. It doesn't fit in the capitalist category. And as I said in my last podcast, most of these regulations benefit corporate America at the, at the expense of the little guy or gals. It may be the smallest department in terms of expenditures, but it has one of the largest influences in how the economic engine runs in this country. Forty years later, the Health and Human Services Department came about. This was in 1953. Unlike, unlike the previous department, which is the smallest, HHS is by far the most expensive department in the federal government at over $1.3 trillion. It contains the Ponzi Scheme Social Security System, contains welfare, and most other health assistance programs. They all fall under this department. I don't have any issue helping those who can't help themselves, but let's admit it. This department is virtually solely responsible for all the moochers, 
the beggars, and heck, the lazy-ass do-nothings in this country. When you pay people not to work, many of them won't. It's human nature. Heck, it's nature at its finest. No animal king, or yeah, no animal in the animal kingdom expends more calories than absolutely necessary in order to survive. They take the easy kill whenever they can. People who haven't been instilled with the pride that comes along with the work ethic do the same. They take the easy way out. And now liberals want to take what is basically an interventionist part of the economy and make it a socialist part of the economy, the healthcare system. But remember, if we pass just one more food program, no one will ever go hungry. The money addict is alive and well. Yeah, politicians are just like addicts. In 1965 came the housing and urban development, part of LBJ's Great Society. This is nothing more than a housing version of Health and Human Services. This is that great, and I use that sarcastically, department that has given us Ginnie Mae, Fannie Mac, Freddie Mac, fair housing and community development programs, as well as home assistance programs that resulted in the housing bubble of 2008. Remember TARP? It gave us TARP bailouts, along with auto bailouts. They were too big to fail. Remember that? All the bad loans that went to non-qualified buyers were simply coercionism at work. Here. Here, buy what you can't possibly afford. That's what the banks were saying. And they did it in their greed. And most everybody did. That's just ridiculous. But remember, just one more home assistance program and no one will ever have to live on the streets again. And it's the mommy syndrome addict. It's alive and well too. In 1967 came the transportation department. This was also under LBJ's Great Society. I won't pick on this department too much. It does help with the country's infrastructure, making sure we have usable roads, bridges, rails, subways, etc. It makes sure that motor carriers are safe and that rigs won't fall apart in front of a Geo or a Honda Fit and kill its passengers, so that's good. It helps to ensure that air travel is safe. All these things are good to a certain degree. If a company's neglect and errors lead to numerous sudden deaths, who wants to find that out the hard way, by trial and error? It's not like buying a TV from a company and finding out that, say, 10% of their TVs don't work. A TV is very unlikely to kill somebody. An unsafe aircraft is. Again, who wants to be among the 10%? On the other hand... Amtrak and a whole host of other government transportation options, yeah, they're racked with overcost, red ink, numerous other failures. Not to mention, government overreaction to COVID has politicians wanting to bail out airlines, cruise lines, and other transportation companies. And the redistribution addicts, they're alive and well too. 1977, the Energy Department came about under Jimmy Carter. It's responsible for the nation's nuclear weapons program, 
nuclear reactor, energy conservation, energy research, radioactive waste, and domestic energy production. If it stopped at that, everything would be fine. However, guess what? Solar subsidies, mining subsidies, gas subsidies, wind subsidies. Have I missed any? I mean, every other energy subsidy one can think of comes out of here. Whether it's insulation for your home, tax credits for energy-efficient windows or appliances, giveaways are everywhere in this department. Credits are nothing more than coercionism. Trying to get you to buy something to fit their way. And remember, just one more subsidy to get green energy up and running will mean no one ever has to suffer another terrible flood or drought. At least that's what the global warmest would have us think. Once again, the redistribution addict is alive and well. In 1979, again under Jimmy Carter, came the Education Department. Now tell me, why, on God's great green earth, do we need to have the federal government involved in education? Uh, that's right, I know. So they can give out tons of money students can't afford to pay back for an education that often serves them no purpose. That's why. This department has driven up the cost of education. It hasn't reduced it or made it more affordable. Government hands out the money, schools just jack up the prices. When you have government-guaranteed payments, you no longer have to compete for customers. You charge what you want. If the customer can't afford it, you promote government loans, grants, and other assistance. It happens all the time. That way they can snatch it up while raising your prices even higher. Cost of education just goes up and up and up. But hey, remember, just one more poor kid attending college and no one will ever be poor again. The education fixes all addicts are alive and well too. I think we need to put education back where it belongs, in the hands of parents, not government-run interventionists. Ah, we're getting there, people. Only two more departments to go. The first, Veterans Affairs. In 1989, Bush 41 brought this about. The department is charged with lifelong health care services to eligible military veterans at the 1,700-plus VA medical centers and outpatient clinics. And they're located throughout the country. Non-health care benefits include disability compensation, vocational rehab, education assistance, home loans, uh, I think life insurance. It also provides burial and memorial benefits to eligible veterans at I think something like 135 national cemeteries, and it gives it to their families, too. Uh, with all due respect to our veterans, and God bless you all, but when I go over this list, I see nothing but repetition of departments previously mentioned. Health care, education, home loans. I've mentioned it prior to getting to this point. It's all part of different departments. Depending on which veteran you talk to, the VA is a complete joke and the greatest thing there is. In my years, I've spoken to both on numerous occasions. 
I'm not a vet myself, so I kind of got to tread lightly here. I don't want to pick on them too much. But first off, we have been and continue to be involved in way too many wars. Defend America? Hell yes. I have no problem with that. Defend our neighbors? Sure, without a doubt. We need to defend our neighbors. Defend the rest of the world? This is where I stop. Hell no. We have no reason to be the world's police, putting the lives of our youth at risk. We don't let 18-year-olds smoke. We don't let 18-year-olds drink. But we send them overseas to kill people? Seriously? Am I the only one who sees the problem with this? You're either an adult or you're not. All this does is create hatred among citizens of other countries, which for some reason, we always feel the need to intervene in. Our government interventionism doesn't just stop at our borders. It goes the whole way around the world. Eh, but what the heck. One more bomb dropped in one more country, and all the world will be at peace, right? The war machine addicts are alive and well. That's ridiculous. Now, the last department I want to mention, Homeland Security. This started out in 2002. It was created under George Bush 43 following 9-11. At first, it seems like a great idea, but let's get down to the basics. This department, arguably, has destroyed more of our rights than any other department, documents, legislation executive orders, and such in the history of our nation. Unconstitutional searches, seizures, invasions of privacy, red flag laws, and a heck of a lot more have been destroyed. Well, they have destroyed what few rights it seemed we had left. The digital world. Well, that's enabled the government to track our every move conversation, or other means of communication. It tracks our purchases, it tracks what we read, it tracks our hobbies, and just about anything else you can think of. There isn't anything we do today that doesn't go beyond government notice. If you combine my last podcast, you know, the one where, one about how governments make things confusing for people on purpose, along with this one, You have a setup where every day we're likely to do something that is technically illegal for which the government can pounce on, and oftentimes do. But surely they won't, you say. Not for something minor. You want to bet? Ah, let's go back into the 60s. Started back in the analog age. J. J. Edgar Hoover, remember him? He was the head of the FBI. He went after Martin Luther King. They considered him, and I quote, the most dangerous Negro in this country. Uh, I mean, how racist can that be? They wiretapped his phones, did a bunch of other things. Why? Because he dared to oppose the inequalities in this country. Bring it forward to the Tea Party about 10 years ago. Remember when Lois Lerner sicked the IRS after many of its members for opposing the Obama administration? This was all done during the Obamacare ordeal? I forgot about it, at least until I happened to read about it the other day. Today you have liberals 
and conservatives trying to shut down the voices of their opposition. Media outlets like Facebook, Twitter, they're shutting down dissenters for voicing their opinions. Several people I know got shut down, temporarily at least. Biden and Harris want more restrictions on Second Amendment rights now. It seems like every time a ruling that supports your Fourth Amendment rights passes, two more that deny it occur. And it's getting ridiculous. It needs to stop. Well, let's go back to the beginning of this podcast. A long time ago, we were capitalists. We could live our lives as we see fit without interference. Then we became coercionists. Government used tax laws and other means in an attempt to alter our behavior. They still do. It happens everywhere around us. When that fails, though, government becomes interventionist. They set rules and regulations for virtually everything we do from sunup to sundown. Heck, the new transportation secretary wants to tax us for the miles we drive. I mean, heck, they, they probably do stuff when we're asleep. Sad thing is, politicians are like unfaithful spouses. They're married to control. And once every two, four, or six years, you know what they do? They come out for a short-term love affair with ill-informed voters lying every step of the way. Oh, I love you and only you. You can trust me. How far away from being true socialist instead of socialist in theory are we? I don't know. But I'm fighting against it, at least in word. Physically, if it comes down to that. But you only need to remember, just one more program and all will be well. I promise just like a drug addict that never gets beyond their last fix. Yes, politicians are just like drug addicts. And I'm going to leave it there at that for my uh, the major part of my podcast. I do want to make a couple mentions here. Number one, it's been well over six months since our wonderful Secretary of State hit somebody west of Highmore accidentally killing him and he still only faces misdemeanor charges i am not gonna let this go until 2022 during the next election i don't exactly care for the person running in his place or up against him next year but hey i'm not letting this go so i need that to, i just need to mention that We also have Governor Noem's flip-flop on a transgender bill. Why South Dakota needs a transgender bill, I have no idea. Are there that many transgender men, women, whichever way you define them, really trying to get into girls' sports in this state? I don't think so. Let sports be totally independent from schools. Let organizations run the sports. Let's keep government out of sports. The state is also looking to spend $20 million on a rail line from Fort Pier to Rapid City. This would be for improvements. I'm against this too. Yes, it is a transportation issue. I assume the rail line is owned by Dakota, Minnesota, and Eastern Rail Company. At least I think that's the name of it. Let them pay for improvements. 
they say they're not shipping full loads because it needs repairs. Well, it's your rail line. Pony up. Fix it yourself. Don't expect government to bail you out. Just because the federal government bails you out of everything or they bail everyone else out of everything, you shouldn't expect the state to bail you out of everything. Pony up. Make your own money. Fix it yourself. And then you can do full loads. And I guess that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. This has been Daryl Rudd and the Dakota Russell Show. Thank you for listening to the Dakota Russell Show, a production of DL Root. All rights reserved by DL Root, Buzzsprout.com, and their shared partners. Unauthorized use is prohibited. This show is sponsored by Camp Bridger Seasonings, products available at CampBridger.net.